Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. So if you want to improve endurance or power, which most sports want, at least one or both, you need to improve strength because that's the base of the pyramid. And the bigger, wider you get that base of strength, the more it allows your endurance to expand. Welcome to Champions Mojo, a podcast to bring out your inner champion. Your hosts are sisters-in-law, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds national and world records in master swimming. Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and won the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. Both are certified health and life coaches. Our goal is to inspire you through conversations with champions. And now your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast, where first I want to say hello to my wonderful co-host, Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hi, Kelly. How are you today? Oh, Maria, I'm doing great. And I am really excited today to welcome uh, Chris Ritter, who is the founder of Ritter Sports Performance. Chris founded Ritter Sports Performance in 2011, and it has become the go-to resource for swim coaches. They offer specific training sets and workouts, in-depth technique tips, analysis, dry land and strength training programs that can help coaches make their swimmers faster or help swimmers make themselves faster. Ritter Sports Performance offers online virtual training, continuing education, platforms for swimmers, triathletes, masters athletes, and open water swimmers. And there's much more on Chris. Maria, would you share that? Sure, Kelly. Leading up to 2011, Chris was both a strength coach and a swim coach for a number of programs at the club and collegiate level. Included in these programs was a professional swim group that was training for the 2008 USA Olympic Trials and the 2008 Olympic Games. This group included multiple elite-level athletes from all over the world, and Chris was their head strength and conditioning coach. Within this group, one athlete in particular went on to rewrite the history books, and that was Olympic gold medalist Cullen Jones. And as fellow podcasters, Chris has two podcasts, one for swim coaches called the Swim Coaches Base Podcast and the newest podcast, Surge Strength Podcast, which we'll hear more about. And both are weekly. That's right, Maria. That's that's a very ambitious man there. Chris is Chris is a champion in his own right. And I, I am so interested to talk with him, not about just all these great resources we have out here for anyone aspiring to be an athlete, but I want to hear from an entrepreneurial point of view, some of the stuff that Chris does to be so successful and to have so much out there. So without further delay, let's welcome Chris to the show. Chris, welcome. Thanks, ladies. Excited to be here. Welcome, Chris. Yes. So first, we just we just always have to start out knowing, like, how are you handling the pandemic? Like, just like, what are you up to? What is your mindset? How, you know, what's motivating you day to day? What, what's your life? I just realized um, it was almost a week ago today that it was five months since uh, the NBA shut down. So I actually marked it on my calendar because I was like, I'm sure this is just gonna, it's, it's just going to start to get all mixed up, like what day it is, what month it is. So I just had an idea. So I put a little mark on the calendar and I was like, wow, it's been five months. Um, wow. I, I have not worked harder probably than I have the last five months. I think I've taken very few days off. I snuck in a little uh, vacation and completely shut off. But other than that, uh, it's been full go. And I, I felt like 
I, I'd been putting it off for a while. And honestly, I know we'll talk about this at some point, but uh, to really answer your question, that when it shut down and I saw all these swim coaches scrambling about dryland stuff, I'd been sitting on this idea of a certification for a while. And I was just like, if there's not a better time than now, I don't know what is. And so we just went all in to do it. And I, yeah, we're, the end is in sight. We're almost there. <laughs> But yes, it's been a very, very crazy last few months, I'm sure, for anyone. Well, that's an entrepreneur for you, just uh, seeing an opportunity. Okay, NBA is shutting down. It's time for me to, you know, coaches are going to want to do something while their swimmers are out of the water. I've been thinking about this. I'm going to make it happen. I mean, I would like sit on that for a month, you know, and think, well, do I really want that to happen? But at the true entrepreneur that you are, you said, all right, we're going Took about a day, Marie. Yeah, I took about a day. That is such a champion's mindset. You know, yeah. I don't know if you talking about entrepreneurs, one of my favorite, it's not even a podcast. If you listen to Impact Theory with um, Tom Bilyeu, he is just amazing. I listened to his brand newest one and he, he was answering questions from people who were unmotivated or having trouble in this pandemic. And one of the, one of the uh, video questions called in was, Hey, I, I'm an artist. You know, I, I go out and I entertain people with my music. And now I'm just, yeah, I can do a streaming show, but now I'm, I'm, you know, at home and I, I really, I'm really getting depressed. And Tom's like, you know, you need to hone something. This is a special time. And this is what Maria and I talk about how taking this pandemic and these and turning them into an opportunity, either valuing, okay, now I'm going to practice my chords or I'm going to, I'm going to become so good at something because I have this time that I'll never have again. And right. we, we kind of joke that at some point we're going to look back and say, you know, I kind of missed that time when I, when I got to brainstorm. So you're, I, I already, I already am dreading going back to real, real life. <laughs> yeah. I, I've loved it. So yeah. Kelly, actually, if I could kind of real fast. So about three weeks into the shutdown, I think it was the first week of April, we yeah. started doing this free dryland webinar series. And I remember each, we did like five or six weeks in a row, each, each session I started, I had a slide. I said, how are you going to choose this opportunity? Are you going to take advantage of this time out of the water? Or are you going to sit around and stew and worry about what you can't control when the pools are going to open all this stuff? And now looking back, do you know how many people could have been able to achieve a pull-up that couldn't five months ago if they just did some of the things we were showing them or, you know, get their shoulder feeling better finally by just doing a few of the exercises that we did. But it's, it up, it's up to you at the end of the day, how are you going to choose to face your circumstances? Are you going to take advantage of it or are you going to worry about things you can't control and just stress yourself out? You know, I, 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 I'm not surprised to hear you say that because clearly you are a man who has mastered mindset. And one of the reasons I know that is because when I, as I've been working on the uh, Dryland certification course, one of the things you do in the beginning is you set, you get people thinking about what they want to do. You know, it's instead of just saying, hey, go and at the end, you'll be certified. You say, you know, what's, what's going to benefit? You know, you know, how are you going to feel? What are your goals? Which is perfect you know, mindset counseling kind of technique, you have to, you have to know what's inside, you know, health coaching, you know, you gotta, you gotta know what you want, you gotta visualize it. And and so I, obviously, since you included that in your course, you know, about mindset. And is that something that you've learned since you're an athlete a long time ago or something you've been working on? Yeah, I'd say early on as an athlete, I think that was probably the, the thing I could hang my hat on is, I'm, I'm probably considering myself tougher than most swimmers I faced. I, I definitely was not the most talented by any means. I was not the fastest by any means, but I mean, let's go to work and let's just go eye to eye and let's go up and down the pool and see who flinches first. Um, 
And I mean, a lot of times when I was in high school, I grew up in a small town in Oregon. I was the only swimmer at morning practice at 5 a.m. with my coach. Um, and I remember one time early on, I slept in and I skipped the practice. And so coach was pretty upset because he was there by himself at, at 5 a.m. or whatever it was. And after that, I, I ended up setting three alarms in my bedroom, one by my bed, the other one on the other side, and the third one on, you know, clear across. So I had to get up and I didn't miss a morning practice after that. Um, so, no, I think early on that was developed and I, I didn't even think about it to the time. It was about looking back and especially being a distance swimmer, like still at that point, it was all right. How much can we get in? You know, what what kind of volume can we do and just who can endure the most? It's more than being tough, though, right? It's, you know, setting goals. There's more to it. I think you do have to embrace it and not just not just like, you know, brace against like, oh, here it comes. You have to embrace it and say, all right, like I'm going to actually be a part of this and in almost to embrace whatever hurt and suffering is going to happen and realize, well, this is hopefully getting me better. Right. And that's just part of the process. So in with that in mind, uh, what would you say? your biggest obstacle in starting Ritter Sports Performance and building it to this beautiful product that it is now? What like what were some obstacles that you overcame and what kind of mindset did you use to get through those? So I I, I would like to say I had this grand plan, right? <laughs> like, here's what I want it to be. I, I, I had a vision of I can use my skill set of especially coaching people, whether it was in the water or on land, and specifically the skill set of strength training. And how this all kind of came about is, and I'm not sure how many times if I've told this story publicly that much, but uh, so there's a group of master swimmers in Charlotte that I was training in person. And one of their buddies joined us one time and he had to be CEO very well off and traveled a lot. And he's like, Chris, I love this workout. This is the best workout I ever had, but I travel all the time. How can you train me? So of course, you know, my big business sense goes off. Hey, this guy likes what I do. He has the money and he wants, you know, can I figure out a way? So I said, hey, give me a month or two. Let me figure out how I can do this. This is back in 2009, 2010, maybe. And at that point, the iPhone had just come out. Was that one or two years prior? People didn't know what apps were. And so I, I scoured the internet. I actually found two female personal trainers that were doing online training at the time. So I emailed them, somehow got their contact info and set up a Skype call. And I just picked their brain. I said, how are you guys doing this? Like, what are you using? What's your process? One was in Canada. One was out in Southern California somewhere. Cobbled those notes together and started building a YouTube exercise library with the worst footage ever. <laughs> Looking back <laughs> now, like just these awful grainy videos. And I would send him uh, PDFs that I made in Excel link them back to videos on the YouTube page. And it started from there. And, so, and he loved it. You know, he, he ended up staying with us for, I think, eight plus years or something. So, so the obstacle there was just how to create something and you, you used what mentors or people already doing it or like, what do you recommend there to people if they're, if they want to start something big that they just don't have any idea? Yeah, I would, I would say who, who is the person that's doing the thing closest that you want to do and then just reach out. And I, I'm not sure how much has changed now versus then because people are, I feel like are, it's so much easier to find people, right? Like I remember how hard it was to track down these two ladies that were doing online training, you know, or earlier in, in the internet, if you will. But now I would say if you're going to do that, if someone were to approach us, there's got to be some recognition of, okay, I understand I'm going to get a lot of value asking you how you did this. So what value can you bring 
to have some kind of symbiotic relationship and not just say, hey, Chris, I'm sure you have no free time, right? So like, hey, can you squeeze me in a little bit and let me hear all your secrets that you worked years to figure out. So I think if I was to approach somebody nowadays, having that in the back of my mind of, okay, what kind of value can I bring if I'm going to ask for some help in something like that, you know? What strikes me is that you are unafraid of the technological barriers. You're like, uh, somebody, surely somebody's done this. I, let me, let me see if I can figure this. So is there a, a fearlessness in you? Sort of a, a boldness? Yeah, probably to a fault. <laughs> probably gets me in trouble sometimes. Oh, let's yeah. exp- expand on that. Tell me a story about that. I don't know. Like, Hey, I, like I remember when I told my team that we were going to do the cert, I was like, I bet we'll be able to have this done in a month or two. <laughs> and they're like, I love it. That's a fat, that that's my you, you and Kelly are, are you and Kelly are, are children of the same of the same mother. That's that's funny. Yeah, because Kelly's the same way. We're just doing it. We're just doing it. It doesn't well, matter. We're just doing it. <laughs> Chris, does this uh, does this quote resonate with you? So my favorite quote is by General Patton, and that is, "It's better to execute a good plan than to never execute the perfect plan." Yes, and I drive some people on my team crazy, yeah. but they they've worked with me for a long time, so they know that that Chris. Um, shoots well before he aims. <laughs> I love then, it. You know, and then we go back and we reassess. We do it. We've done a better job of reassessing and making sure our energy is going in the right place. But yeah, if I got an idea one day, I mean, like I said, it took me a day to decide, yeah, we're doing this certification that's never been done in dry land. And, and I didn't want to do a certification, but I just said, you know, now's the time let's do it. Yeah. So, so let's dig into that, Maria. You're, you're going to be taking the lead here, but I, I would love for you to, you know, I'd love to have you talk as your, your kind of base as a strength coach and how important can strength is for us as, I mean, for anyone, it's for, it's, it's important for young athletes, but it's especially important for aging athletes. And uh, Maria has taken your surge strength class online. I did not get a chance to do it. I'm going to do it, but I just started, um, I haven't even finished it. It's fabulous. Yeah, so, so sell, sell us on why strength training is so important to health, longevity, to just well being, And um, what, what one might find in the in the surge strength program or what to look for if they just want to increase their strength and we're all you know pandemic out and you know we haven't we haven't done our one pull up <laughs> yeah it's still time there's still time there's still, there's still time, time. <laughs> the best day to plant a tree was 20 years ago the next best That's day is today right tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, <that's> right <laughs> i was going to um, say tomorrow but you're right it's today <laughs> uh, so it was, I actually go back to, I think it was just your last episode of the one before where you had Scott on about the, the form because He was actually talking about how that let him realize, oh, it's muscular fatigue that's limiting me, not cardiovascular right. fatigue. And I think a lot of people don't make that connection first off. They think obviously swimming is more of an endurance-based sport. And especially if you get into triathlons or ultra marathons, obviously endurance is number one. But um, Maria, I'm not sure if you got into this lesson yet, but I talk about the pyramid here yes, and yes. strength is at the bottom of that. So if you want to improve endurance or power, which most sports want at least one or both, you need to improve strength because that's the base of the pyramid. And the bigger, wider you get that base of strength, the more it allows your endurance to expand. So trying to in- continually increase your endurance and completely dismiss strength, you're, in some ways, you're just wasting your time. Um the other thing I'll say is we started when we started uh, back in, you know, the early 2010s with a lot of master swimmers 
it was amazing to me how little, if you will, helped so much. And especially mm. as, as swimmers age or any athlete ages, loss of type two fibers is huge. And that's where you get into things where there can be serious health complications. If you fall, things like that, osteoporosis, other things like that. And, and I, I hate it that people have used this mindset of, oh, strength training. I, I don't want to like add 30 pounds of muscle and look like, you know, Mr. Universe or whatever. And I don't think people understand how hard those people had to work to get there. And it's not like if you look at a dumbbell or you pick it up a couple of times, <laughs> all of a sudden you just balloon up and it's like, wow, where'd that come from? You know? Um, and, and it's, it's how you lift and it's about the variables of how you lift and how you go through your plan. And we've done programs online, never met the person for people 70 years and older. They go through our assessment and they do strength training and they're like, I feel great. I'm actually feeling better, but because I'm doing this and that's, that comes back to if you're doing the right things in the proper manner with strength training, don't believe me, there's ways you can mess it up a lot. And that's where, unfortunately people, I think get the stigmas about it. I, I've got to tell you a, a quick story, Chris, because I know it's going to help you with your business. And Marie, I know you'll you'll totally relate to this story. So I have my master's degree in exercise science, and of course my my coaching background. And my parents were never athletes; they just did not embrace athletics. They didn't lift. They didn't do anything. And so I kept that, begging that, her. Her mom would say, "Don't do that, Marie. It's going to hurt your baby pocket." If I did yeah, anything. Yeah, it'll hurt your baby pocket. So, but fast forward, my my parents are probably in their 60s and I begged them to start a a strength training program. And my dad says, um, because there was a article that I had studied while doing my master's that said people in their 80s could gain strength. They could gain muscle mass in their 80s. 80s. Yeah. And so my dad said, oh, well, good. I've got 20 years because he was in his 60s. (laughs) That's right. That was his joke. I'll wait. I'll wait. So, well, fast forward 25 years and my dad, uh, my, my mom passes away and my dad is so feeble. He's 87. He's so feeble. He can barely walk on a walker like he's his balance is off he can barely walk on a walker he's in hospice he's in he's he's in hospice he was in hospice he got kicked out of hospice because his uh instead of getting a physical therapist to help him recover from a fall he we it was cheaper to get a personal trainer so he got a personal trainer five days a week and for the last two years He has a personal trainer five days a week who comes. He's now 90. He just went in for a a physical exam and they made him raise his legs like an abdominal lift and do some resistance exercise. And the doctor was like, oh, my gosh, you are so strong. (laughs) So he is 90 years old now. And I would say, Maria, would you agree that that uh, Trog, as we call him, his his, his grandkids call him Trog, the trog is in the best shape of of the last 20 years. Oh, absolutely. It, it it was unbelievable. I we all just thought, oh, you know, he's he's about to die. And then, you know, he starts doing these exercises and uh, you know, it's it's amazing. And you know, it's 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 not hard. Everybody's been telling us that we got to do strength training and and so forth, but I think for a lot of masters athletes and I'll just, you know, use myself as an example. You know, I'm busy doing my sport and I also have a full-time job 
And, um, you know, and I, and I also do a podcast and I do, (laughs) and I have a nonprofit anyway, I'm, you know, but I want to be really fit. And so I'm trying to figure out, and you make a great case for this in your course, by the way, but I'm trying to figure (laughs) out, well, how am I going to, it just seems so much easier because, because, because the aerobic exercise that I, I'm a cyclist, the, the cycling that I do is fun and it always gives me a huge lift. It's hard for me. It's hard for me not to cycle so that I can spend that time, you know, uh, weight training or, or building, as you say, um, strength and athleticism. I love that. Okay. So one of the things Chris talks about in his course, and this is so important for master's athletes, is this idea of being athletic. So you don't fall. So you don't trip. So you don't have the, you know, and right now I am suffering from a knee injury. I mean, I, you know, I, two years ago I fell and I keep, I keep exacerbating it. And, you know, and I, and I'm listening to your course going, you know, why didn't I start this five years ago? But today's a good time. But anyway, I guess what I would want you to talk about some more is, you know, you know, tell us, tell us how fun it can be to develop this other side of our athleticism and how will it improve our, you know, our main sport and, and that it's worth the time? Yeah, I, I go back to, again, some of these clients that we've trained in their 60s and 70s. And then the one time I got to go uh, to Rowdy's meet that he was hosting down in Florida. And the year I went, there was four uh, guys that were not all of them were over 100, but they were close. Wow. And it was the oldest relay. They broke the world record for the oldest relay for the wow. 400 free. And I just get inspiration from like seeing people like that. And then some of the clients that we've trained over the years and like, I want to be like you. It's yeah. like, this is awesome. And I think that's cool that then it encourages me of what we're doing, but then also it gives them better just quality of life. And Maria, to go back to your point, it doesn't take as much time as most people think too right? Like you don't have to sacrifice your two hour ride to go in the gym for two hours. Like it doesn't take that much. It it can only be 20 minutes, three times a week. But if you're doing exactly what you need to do, you can get in and out. And I think that's where people just get stuck where they go to YouTube. There's millions of exercises they can do. It's just an over an overwhelming thing. And honestly, I think that's why people come to us because it's not that it's not that you couldn't figure out how to do it, but there is sometimes a mental block of, okay, what Tell me what I need to do, X, Y, and Z right here. Break it down. What's the most essential thing? And you're you're not as emotionally involved in it then, right? Because you're yeah. thinking about all these other stuff. And it's just like, hey, we assess you. We figure it out. Boom, you're on your way. So I, I think that's, that's so a, great. Yeah. That's the thing too. And the few times, like, I know you want to talk about entrepreneur a little bit, but I've I've paid other coaches to help me with certain things in it. And I could have figured it out myself. It would have taken me longer. I might not have gotten as good of advice. And you, you can relate it to the same thing. So I think even having a coach, mentor, anything like that that we've talked about, that's going to be valuable because, it, and that you shouldn't feel bad by saying, well, I should be able to do this myself, right? And again, both of you, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners could do that, but you have to weigh the cost benefit analysis. Is it really worth it? Could you actually get better results with someone else? Like what's holding you back on that? That That is so true. It's decision theory. I mean, if somebody else is saying, do this, you don't have to think about, well, what am I going to do? And how am I going to do it? And how am I going to build this? So you, so and it, yeah, 
highly recommend your website and your courses. Yes. And, and we're, we highly recommend that everyone should have a coach at whatever they're doing, not just That's because right. we're health coaches and life coaches and coaches, but it's like whatever you want to do. Like when you went, you wanted to be an entrepreneur, you got mentors and coaches. And we just think that that is one of the keys. Like we talk about traits of champions. One of the traits of champions is they get they get co- they have coaches they get coaches that's right that's right yeah so so that that is really beautiful now if someone uh does your course they do the surge strength and they're that's specifically for swimmers right so we do two things that the surge strength brand does so one is what maria's gone through the surge strength dryland certification and so that's the only dryland certification it's on par with any other strength and conditioning certification i've taken And at the end, you'll be certified. You'll be able to get professional liability insurance to cover yourself. You'll be able to get CEUs for any organization if you're a PT or a physical therapist. Um, And then we also do custom programs, whether for swimmers. Now we're getting more water polo players. We've had triathletes over the years, things like that. So, yeah, so those are basically the two buckets. Either we can give you the certification course for you to get certified yourself and however that fits into your, your plan or just come to us. We'll write the program for you. Nice. Do you have anything for golfers? Well, I have actually had a lot of success with golfers. I cannot help you with your aim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My husband about, is wait, like, wait, 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 wait. What about cyclists? What about cyclists? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Triathletes, cyclists, golfers, uh, all, all of that. That's my wheelhouse. I, I could tell you a bunch of case stories about just great results from that. Um, so yeah. And it all comes down to if we can get you a little bit stronger, then it pays off and you start to see it. Like the golfing example, I had one client that I trained uh, in person for quite a while. He's an airline pilot. He'd work crazy hours. He'd come in and he actually found that if he worked out when he would come back on these, you know, crazy night flights, that was able to help reset his clock a little bit better. And when we got his core just a little bit stronger, he's like, Chris, I'm driving the ball so much farther. This is great. Like, you know, I got 20 yards on it, 40 yards on it. But, you know, again, I can't help with the aim part, but I can help with the. <laughs> I think the point you're making is that, yeah, you know, people come to you for their sport or whatever, but they actually get a lot of other benefits than, you know, just. And I think that's so true for masters, for those of us in our 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s. You know, now, you know, if you haven't ever done it before, now's the time. Don't wait. Yeah, it's never too late. Yeah, it's never yeah. too late. So if someone is just listening, they, you know, they may or may not want to start right into your course, but are there a few things that they could just do in their living room right now with the pandemic? Oh, yeah. And and actually, so the way we built this new website, surge-strength.com, is there's an academy in it, and that's where the certification is housed, but there's also Dryland 101 courses that people can enroll for free. And right. so what those are is that's basically a few lessons selectively taken from the certification. And so we have some on how to do your first pull-up, core training, best upper body exercises, best lower body exercise, how to write a workout. And so those, those courses I just listed, those are all free. You can just go and enroll, check it out, and that will give you a taste to see, oh, if you want to go to the next level and enroll in the certification, or you're going to get a lot of great information just from going through those Dryland 101 courses and be well on your way. Yeah. Awesome. That, awesome. Yeah. I want to say too, that, you know, I, you alluded to this and it's really true that one of the things with us, uh, constant connection, you know, you can go on YouTube and find, you know, hundreds of workouts and ideas and stuff like that. But what you've done is, 
and it, and it's it is overwhelming. <laughs> and but what you've done is you've you're your your videos are so great they're so encouraging they're simple they're bite-sized and it they're they're you've simplified it and made it really easy and you've also built the case for it so i, I highly I, I can't recommend your website enough for those of us who really need it like me that's encouraging yeah. where you're getting so much out of it because that was that was my intention a to make it bite-sized yeah. so most of the videos yeah. are five to ten yeah. 15 minutes you know like i want it to be snack size i wasn't thinking you're going to want to sit down and watch a two-hour lecture with me here so take a little bit you know let it let it marinate a little bit then come back a little bit more and if you got a longer time then you can watch a few more yeah yeah so before we move off of strength and and we want to talk with you a, a little bit about just uh, some of the other stuff that you're doing. The uh, at one point in in my career, I owned a fitness center, and I just I want to I just want to put another plug in for anyone listening that how important developing muscle is because the the little saying that we used to have was one uh one pound of fat burns one to two calories a day. One pound of muscle burns 35 to 45 calories a day. So if you're looking at weight loss and you can change muscle into I'm fat into muscle, you're going to raise your metabolism. That's why when you see some wiry, skinny athlete and they can eat 6,000 calories a day, it's because they're made of muscle. So it's really important that we do have muscle. And I always, I mean, when I have just time to do one workout in a day, I always say to myself, I don't always do it, but I always say to myself, I should do the strength training versus the cardio because the cardio is fun, but the strength training is really most important. So why, why, why do we do that? Why are we cardio addicts? Why is this nation a cardio addict nation, Chris? Chris? Um, I think, I mean, there, there's obviously the, what, the runner's high, which I think people, it's a, maybe a little bit easier to associate with that. Whereas again, sometimes depending on how you're doing it, you may not get that out, out of a strength training routine, right? So I think that that you almost automatically are going to get some kind of endorphin kick when you go out for a run, do a bike, do a swim, just how it's set up. Whereas with strength training, you may not get that. And that's actually one of the things I always tried to do especially when I was, I was training uh, with small groups in person is I wanted my master's athletes, my just, you know, executives that were rushing off to work to feel better after the workout than when they came in, but we still did great work. Like they were still sweating. They were sore the next day, but when they walked out nine times out of 10, they said, man, I feel better than before I came in here. And that's where I knew like, okay, that's how we hit it. Like we, we were on the right track here because we did get that endorphin kick and we, we managed it the right way. So strength training isn't meant to destroy you. It's just supposed to help you with that. And Maria, you're learning that as you're going through the course, hopefully, yes. you know, yeah. when we're talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's change gears here a little bit. And Chris, we want to tell you right up front that you have been an inspiration to us as podcasters, because when we started our podcast, I guess now we're talking about it, 80 shows ago. That's awesome. You, it's yeah, been 80 for you guys. 80, That's yeah, awesome. yeah. But you already had 80 in the books when we started. So you, you are, uh, I think you're a, a man ahead of your time. You're yeah, a vision, you're a visionary, Clearly. literally. Clearly. And so when we started this, I, I knew from inception that I wanted Maria to be my co-host with all her incredible credentials as an endurance athlete and just coach and, and you know, uh, amazing. Everybody knows how much I love and respect Maria, but it was going to start out in the swimming genre. And then we're, you know, we're spreading out a little bit, but when 
we looked at other podcasts out there for swimming on the, the horizon. Yours was like one of really only three that I would call that were, were right. doing the right. job, doing it right. So you were you were a mentor for us, a, uh, a a benchmark, something that like, wow, Chris Ritter is kicking butt on the Swim Coaches Base podcast, which is the one that's more established, that's got hundreds of, how many episodes do you have on that now? We're, we're closing on 400, I think. Oh my God. Wow. Even, wow. <laughs> that is just, that's that is so impressive. That's so impressive. So and that's now- after we stopped, we were doing two a week for a while. And after a while, I was like, this is going to kill me if we keep this up. We need yeah. To, we so- need to slow the pace down to one. Okay, so Chris, you realize that when we started like 80 ago, there were like I'm 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 not exaggerating this. There were like five swimming podcasts. Now you realize there's like 35. I'm I'm happy. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I so, it. Yeah. So what um so what we wanted to ask you about is you have gotten to interview some of the most elite so that 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 podcast, the Swim Coaches Base podcast, you interview swim coaches. Duh, you know it's a great podcast for that. So, what have been some of the things that you have learned from these amazing coaches? I mean, you've interviewed Olympic level coaches to you know the most uh, club level coaches that are producing Olympians. So, what do you, what are some of your thoughts on that? Uh, so, one that comes really quickly to mind. And I think it kind of is revolving around some of the other stuff we've talked about so far, but uh, I, and I can't remember which coach it was, but it was one of the uh, Canadian coaches I had on. And he just talked about how, yeah, I take four weeks out. Sometimes in the middle of the season, I go to my cabin, I do woodworking, <laughs> you know, I work on myself and I put myself in a better frame of reference. And then when I come back, I am so much of a better coach. And I'm like, of course you're from Canada. That's why, <laughs> because in America that never flies. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Coaching world, we grind you until you're you're done. Um, so I I really appreciate that perspective that he knew as a coach. Hey, I actually get better when I'm away from the sport, and then I can come back and be even better. And talking about entrepreneurs, one of my entrepreneur mentors from afar, I've never met him, but uh, Jason Freed of Basecamp, and he talks about yeah. how work happens in between. And so you, you're, you're thinking of thoughts when you're not in work. So when you're in the shower, when you're taking a, the dog on the walk, when you're doing something else, like this is when the creativity, the thoughts will pop into your head. And then when you come back to work, that's when you work on them. And so that's so for that, true for that swim coach to say, Hey, I need to take some time, go to my cabin and woodwork. And that actually makes me a better swim coach. I just wish more coaches figured out how that fits into their life. And, you know, whether it's your club, college, whatever structure you're in, how can you sneak away for a couple of days here and there to refresh? Because you're going to come back better and it's going to better serve everyone. Do you do that? I, I try. I, I am during the pandemic. I have not been consistent with my hikes, but that is what I do. I hike, I don't know, probably 12, 15 miles a week, sometimes out in the woods. Wow. Um, and just, I go, sometimes I got the dog. If I want a little slower pace, sometimes I don't go with the dog <laughs> or a little faster pace. Um, put on some podcasts and just go. And honestly, I'll have a, a, a little note in my uh, iPhone and that's where I'll type in thoughts because a lot of just random things will come in and I'm able to just process stuff. And sometimes I just need to marinate on ideas, whether I'm going to do something, stop something, um, you know, or, or just keep, keep uh, going along with maybe something I'm stuck on. That's where those breakthroughs usually come for me. That is a great tip. Kelly yes, loves to hike too. That, yeah, hiking is kind of my thing too. Uh, so what other, that's a great, 
I, I, I mean, you're that. doing it yourself. Yeah. What other rituals or routines or, or disciplines that you do, Chris, that make you be able to accomplish so much? Uh, I mean, honestly, I listen to so many podcasts and I listen to them on like two and a half speed. Usually, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it depends. It depends. You know how well I respect you by how, what the speed is I listen to. So there's, like, <laughs> there's a handful that I have to listen at like 1.3, 1.5, but everybody else, you're usually in the twos and, and, you know, we, we get through it. I mean, I don't know, a couple hundred podcasts I'm subscribed to right now. I have however many in the queue right now. Um, but I think that just, I try to sample a lot because that just helps me think about different things and different genres and stuff like that and not be so stuck in just the swimming world or just the strength and conditioning world. Um, and I think that helps also me to be able to come back and bring more value to those things. And so, yeah, so I enjoy listening to podcasts. What kind of other subject matter do you try to marinate on when you're podcasting or you're listening to podcasts? So I'll either go uh, some some business ones. Um, so if I give a plug for like the most recent business one, I like uh, the Prof G show. I really like him. He's a newer one. He only has like 12, 20 episodes out. And then I'll also go like really deep thinking philosophical ones. Um, and so on the hikes, I'll be intentional about what I'm queuing up. So of course, I always have my spot, my sports uh, podcast in the rotation, but I'll also be intentional when I'm on the hikes. I actually think better when I have a podcast that's like heavy thinking sometimes. I'm able to just mm. process other thoughts at the same time. So I think mm. even just learning yourself, what is the best thing that works for you, right? So for me, being able to just think through and I'm in my head a lot, actually having a really deep podcast or sometimes sitting down, I don't get the benefit of the exercise, but sitting down and watching like a really thought provoking documentary, that just helps me think through other things in the background as I'm processing whatever I'm listening or watching to. That's interesting. That is, I don't know that I've, we've heard that from anybody. And that is so, you know, I'm so relating to that. I I just, you know, as I'm, I'm a, I'm a real creative uh, person and I, I'm so relating to like watching a documentary and then having it turn a cog. Oh, we should do that with our podcast. Uh, uh, So I get that. That is, that's really cool. I have to ask you, 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 I mean, I've, feel like, like I'm getting to know you now because I've been watching you on screen and then I, now I'm listening to you and talking to you. You seem happy and carefree, and yet you are so productive. Are, I mean, do you struggle at all with stress or, or you know? Oh, yeah. And that's how you got to manage yourself and your self-care, right? Like, that's that's where I'm saying, like, I'm struggling that I'm barely getting one hike a weekend. Like, that's a big thing, you know, where I, if I'm not hiking even one a week, I can tell. And like my team can tell, like we do highs and lows each week uh, as we nice. communicate and they'll know like, Hey, Chris got a hike and that's good. <laughs> you know, they'll be like, all right, <laughs> we're, we're in a good space. So um, yeah, I can tell things like that and you just have to manage. And then also, you know, you guys can appreciate this working for yourself somewhat on the podcast. You need to be able to have boundaries of when do you, when are you on and when are you off? You can't just be perpetually on. And so I think those two things really play a role in learning what fuels you self-care things of that. And then also being able to know, okay, I know 10 of the things need to be done right now, but I'm shutting off for the day and being yeah. able to do that, I think is important. I've just started doing that, you know, with my, cause I, again, like you, I mean, I, my answering, I remember I was answering an email on a Sunday morning at 9am and the customer wrote back and said, what are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> what yeah. am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. That's really cool. So Chris, you've obviously followed tons of these great coaches and great champions. What do you think are some commonalities that champions share? I think going back to what I said earlier about embracing the process and not 
knowing even when it's things are not pleasant sometimes, right? Like I, I almost said enjoying the process, but I think sometimes you don't even necessarily enjoy it and that's okay, right? Like you shouldn't be, oh, this is the best pain I've ever felt. Like I'm glad I'm <laughs> doing this set, you know, of 10 100s up and down, but you still need to embrace it and realize that's part of the process. I remember when, when Kobe passed away earlier this year, I watched a bunch of his documentaries again. And the last one he did, it was when they were um, going through his rehab process when he tore his Achilles before he came back. And just to see his mentality of I'm embracing trying to have my toes pick up these marbles, you know, and like he's trying to be the best at that that he can. And just even those little things, I'm sure that sucked for him. That was not an enjoyable time for him, but he still embraced that process. And this is just a part of the process to get me back onto the court. And are you able to sort of do that? I mean, I really struggle with being where I am when it doesn't take all of my mind, for instance, even on the bicycle, you know, if I'm not doing a really hard set or whatever, you know, I, I start worrying about whatever it is I, you know, the unanswered customer email or whatever. Do, are you able to, to really be a process guy and really stay in the moment of what you're doing? I try. I'm, I'm sure I'm not perfect at that, but I think I've gotten a lot better through the years than when like I first started Ritter. I'm sure it was much worse than that. And I think also having a team around you and having roles and knowing what you're responsible for versus what still needs to be done, but that's not your on your plate. So don't worry about that. Right. Um, I think that's, that kind of stuff is important too. And to be able to just set up the boundaries of, okay, I do need to do this. Maybe I'm stressed about it. Maybe I'm not. Why am I stressed about it? Am I just worried about the outcome of it? And, and almost just processing uh, through that thing. I mean, the cert has been one of the most difficult things I think I've ever done. I think it's also the best thing we've ever done. But, you know, there's a couple of days where I'm thinking, okay, what lessons do I really need to set here? And if I feel stuck, then sometimes I'll just let it sit for a day and realize, you know what, better to just sit on it for a little bit longer. It's not going to be the worst thing in the world if it's delayed up by a day. But if I have the better decision, then I should do that. Hmm. That's good. I think that's really good advice. Yeah, wow. Uh, we could talk with you all day, Chris, but we're getting we're getting tight on time. Just we try to keep everything under an hour, and we're going to do our takeaways, which we're you are so important. And we're gonna I'm going to have a lot here, Maria. I'm sure you are too. But we do oh, have absolutely. one last question. Is there you know if if is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd really like to talk about or emphasize? Um, no, I I love what you guys are doing. I love the approach of the champion mindset that you guys are instilling in every guest and how people from all walks of life, you know, I think it's actually good. You didn't go just swimming route, Kelly. Like it's probably great yeah. that you expand a little bit more, but obviously have the swimming flavor, but then to see that. And in like the swim coaches based podcast, I found some of the better podcasts I've had is actually with coaches. Nobody's ever heard of, right? Like not to, right. not to be yeah. disrespectful of them, but every coach has a great story. And I think that's why they're a great coach. And so I think you guys are doing a similar thing in this podcast. And so that's exciting that there are just other creators out there. And if I played some little role in helping inspire you, that makes me feel great that, you know, I mean, other people inspired me. And so if we can just keep that ripple effect going, I think that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. I love that. It's like Kelly, one of the Kelly's expressions that I love, she calls it rare air. It's good to be yes. with people who are 
who are brilliant and hardworking and, you know, I've really thought things through like you have, Chris. Thank you so much. Yeah, Chris, you've been a real inspiration to us and you are rare air and we we're, we wish you all the best and we'll be, uh, I think we're going to be on your podcast, Tess, yeah, right? Yeah, we're That'll be a home and home. That'll be great. Well, wonderful. Then um, thanks. We will see you then out there on the airwaves. Awesome. Thanks, ladies. Okay. This is great. Bye, thanks. bye, Chris. Bye. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. We've heard from you that your favorite section of our podcast is the takeaways. Thank you so much for that feedback. But before we get to the takeaways today, we wanted to ask you if you would please give us a five-star review. That way, more people will be able to find our podcast. Also, if you could subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, you'll never miss a podcast episode if you subscribe. And please share our podcast with your friends. And now, the takeaways. Well, Maria, I, I can only use, well, I could use many words to describe Chris <laughs> Ritter, but I would say he's brilliant and yeah. just had so much great stuff from just, you know, it, it's like he's such a wide range of, of he's got a wide range of gifts from actually being a, a super strength coach and a coach to being just a really successful entrepreneur. Yeah, he reminds me of you, Kelly. I mean, a lot of the characteristics, oh, yes. honestly, oh, so a lot nice. of the characteristics that he has, you know, the boldness, the, you know, the just go out there and do it, the, you know, also the caring that comes with a kind of a coaching background. I think, yeah, I think he, it was obviously we really enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> We did. That was so much fun. And we even just for uh, us went listening on. here, we, we went on for about another hour with him yeah. after we yeah. after we got him off the official recording. We just really had a good time. What a great yeah. guy. So yeah. so what was your first takeaway? Well, I think you just have to take away uh, the importance of what uh, Chris has made his life work of is of strength training and dry land training, what he calls dry land training, which is anything that's really not your major sport. So, you know, for me, dry land training would be anything off the bicycle, um, just the importance of it. And, and because you have to build athleticism and strength in order to be good and also to keep from getting injured. I think anybody out there who's listening, you know, and I speak to myself, it's like, I am getting old and I am going to get injured and I am injured right now. And I will, and if I had just put some of the things that he ha is beginning to teach me through his surge-strength.com website into practice five years ago, I would be in such better shape. But like he said, I think you get overwhelmed because there's so much out there. Um, and, but he, in his, in his uh, website, he puts it together in really easy to understand bite-sized pieces. He doesn't talk down to you, but he lays it out in a way that doesn't take any effort to uh, assimilate. And, uh, you know, anyway, so I think that, like I said, for me, the takeaway is I got to just get my butt out there and start doing more, more dry land training. I am sold on it. I am now yeah. going to really up my my strength training, my dry land. I, I love it. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was. If you hear nothing else out of the whole show, yeah, friends, get out there and and build some muscle. muscle. And if you have any questions about how to get started, go to his website. Yeah. It's really terrific. Yeah, awesome, awesome. He has so a, like my... he said, he has free stuff on there. Sorry, sorry, Kelly. Go ahead. Yeah. What's your no. What's your first takeaway? My first takeaway is the I loved. The concept. See, I do this, but to hear him describe it in himself. So maybe I am like Chris. You are. Uh, I I didn't even realize that I do this, but I I think it's so intuitive of him to realize. So he said that uh, 
that he's very he gets his some ideas and he's more creative when he's listening or watching something that involves deep thinking. And I so relate to that. One of my favorite genres of watching movies is are documentaries. And yeah. so when I watch a good documentary or I listen to a, another podcast that's makes me think deeply, mm-hmm. I am absolutely it's like the gears in my mind just connect and they mm-hmm. the cogs connect and I'm like, oh mm-hmm. that's how I can do that. So I related to that. And and so sometimes I think when we're exhausted or we're grinding on a problem that we think maybe we need a rom-com and uh you know uh, rainbows and unicorns but maybe maybe we need a documentary on you know global warming or something i don't know so that's that was a, that was a big takeaway that's yeah i think that's really true because basically what's happening is these new neural pathways that you're creating with some new idea that's unrelated to whatever it is that you're stuck on, you know, are, are actually, you know, if you think of your nerves as like branching out, they're actually, you know, getting into new territory that you can then bridge from, you know, your problem. So I love that idea. Um, and I think that's also, you know, partly just, you know, getting, you know, getting off the problem to solve the problem. I, I, I like that. I think that's a great yeah. takeaway. Yeah. So what, um, what about your second one, Maria? Well, I, I, and this is something again I, that you do, and I I am starting to do it. Um, but I, it's this concept of when you're trying to learn something new, reach out, find a mentor, find a coach. You know, you know, hire a coach if you have to, and or you know, and somebody there's somebody out there who knows more about what you want to learn than you do, and they can guide you, and it's worth it because it takes a lot of the. It, you know, it wastes a lot of time to learn things on your own. <laughs> you know, yes. I, a few years ago, I hired a coach, a business coach for Cruise Bike, my other business, and it was fabulous. She asked me questions that I never would have thought of, and she took me to places that I wouldn't have. And I, you know, so I love, you know, and he said early in his um, career, he reached out to the only two people he knew in the world who were, you know, creating these online uh, strength co- uh, courses. And he, you know, he had, you know, a conversation with them and they really got him started. So I love that idea. And as you, as you know, Kelly and I are coaches and I've seen results with my clients to lose weight. I mean, we all know how to lose weight, right? But having a coach, somehow all of that together, the motivation, the accountability, the new way of looking at it really works. So hire, find a mentor, hire a coach. Yes, I love that. I think that's a really key of of champions, you know, yeah. of, of yes. people doing that. So my second uh, takeaway and our final one for the show here is self-care. Yeah. That was a theme that both when we asked Chris what he did, what were some of his routines that made him great? He said he, he hikes. You yeah, know, he 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 makes again, sure that again he takes like care you, of Kelly. Again, yeah, because... I, we, I like to hike too. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he, that he hikes, and even he he laughed and said his team can tell when he's not hiked or right. when he has hiked because he's in a better place. Yeah. And he told the story of uh, when we asked him, which I thought was a great response. What's one of the most um, interesting coaches you've interviewed? Four hundred interviews on his Swim Coaches Base podcast, and he said, "Well, it was a Canadian coach who said he went away for four weeks and really just rekindled and went out in the woods." And so he whittled. I think he did woodworking whittled, and whittled, whittling. Whittled, yes. <laughs> so I think that is huge. That we all 
need self-care. We need to set boundaries yes. on our work. And that that's just that that was a great takeaway. There was so much there. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I I'm. I'm so impressed with Chris and what he's doing and he has so many resources and we'll put all that in the show notes so people can find every great resource that we have there. And I just feel grateful and lucky that we got to spend that time with Chris today. Me too. It was, it was terrific. He, he was an amazing guest. Yes. All right, Maria, looking forward to our next one. I love you so much. Love you too, Kelly. Bye-bye. Bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Chris Ritter. Trying to continually increase endurance and completely dismiss strength is a waste. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media, and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.